Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bladed Apples, a horror podcast. Dropping your trick-or-treat bag every week. We're back on schedule. Back on. And this week, we're taking a trip to the tool shed to pull the toolbox out. Not just one, but two, because we're talking about the original The Toolbox Murders and the Toby Hooper remake, just Toolbox Murders. <laughs> no the. Yep, yep. And, and, and this tool shed could be owned by anybody. <laughs> it, could, it could be. <laughs> it could be literally anyone. Anyone could own it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no distinct person. Nope. <laughs> no distinct race. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Just anybody who has a tool shed. Um, <laughs> and of course, we're going to have a uh, video game, right? Yep. See, I'm like, of course we're going to have a video game. Right? Or we are, right? <laughs> I had to yeah. ask you right after. <laughs> of course we are. Yeah. Of course we maybe. are. <laughs> but <Maybe>. are we? <laughs> um, and, you know, we'll have the normal shenanigans and all of that. But first. How's your week been, buddy? Uh, it's going so slow, knowing this is my last week there. Like, it is just dragging. Yeah, this is, uh, you mentioned it, I think you mentioned it last episode, is that you're finally getting away from the LV. Yep, bye-bye LV. Um, we, I'm not going to drop the name, because you're still working for La- Later, <laughs> Vuitton. <laughs> um, but uh you're finally getting away from them and you're you're getting a brand new job yep and you start that on monday sunday. monday monday sunday's sunday. my last day monday's my yeah. first day <laughs> so. yeah rebirth <laughs> yes like the phoenix <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> phoenix phoenix bazaar yeah <laughs> you won't be blaze anymore <laughs> i've been reincarnated yeah. So, what have we got in the news today? Um, in the news, uh, let's see. Well, first of all, did you watch anything this week that you want to talk about? Yeah, a, a cinema classic that me and Paige had <laughs> never watched before. <laughs> yeah. Which every time I tell somebody like, like, I always sit back and it's like I tell somebody like, oh, they're like, I haven't watched Star Wars. And I'm like, oh my god! And then it's like. And then somebody's like, have you watched Godfather? Well, no. <laughs> no, I've never yeah, seen Godfather. Because normally they're like, oh, I haven't seen Star Wars. You're like, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> you're a bad person. I'm like, have you seen Godfather? You're like, no. <laughs> but they're thinking the same thing about you whenever you say that. But now you've finally seen Godfather and Godfather Part 2, right? Yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> That's they're why. very good. They say they're... Um, it's the best did movie. I talk about Moloch last time? You you did not. Uh-huh. Yeah, so watched Moloch, new Shutter original, based in the Netherlands, and honestly, uh, I was very surprised because you know, like you said, a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's it's solid movie, it's fine," and I watched it and I really enjoyed it. Like I thought it was really good. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so I, uh, I recommend checking that out. What about you? You watch anything? Uh, yeah, I did. But yeah, you texted me about Moloch and uh, and you said it was really good. And you're like, you should watch it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to. And then I just kept on living my life. So, <laughs> no, nope. I'm going to though. <laughs> I'm going to watch it though. I uh, instead I was um watching so two box murders. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I had to watch two. I had to watch two toolbox murder films. Um, 
first of all. So that that, that took up some of my viewing time. Uh, I caught up on all of Atlanta. The yeah, show Atlanta. you're saying you really enjoy that show. Um, yeah, I really enjoy. I really enjoy that show. The show is really, really smart, but I had a lot of problems with the new season. Not, not a lot of problems. It, it, it just, just, it just does some weird things. And um, for anybody that watched the third season, will understand what I'm talking about. But basically, in the third season, it tries to kind of shake things up by having it's a ten episode season before the episodes are like anthology episodes, where they're just like standalone stories that have like nothing to do with the main characters. And they're almost like, I don't know, they're almost like Twilight Zone episodes. That's but weird. The The season opens on one, and that one's really, really good. And then as it goes along, because it's like every other episode is one. And um, I just feel like the quality dips with each one that goes by. Yeah. And, and in the season, like our characters are in Europe touring, because if you don't know. They're in a group. Well, D- Donald Glover, or Childish Gambino, um, he's managing his cousin, played by Brian uh, Tyree Henry, who's a rapper named Paperboy. And, uh, in real Stanfield, life? Or? No, no, just, just in, in the show. Um, and Lakeith Stanfield plays uh, like their friend, um, who's like really out there and stuff. And so, like, the first two seasons, it's like Paperboy's, like, he has like a hit single, but it's kind of like a struggling rapper. And Donald Glover's character, Earn, wants to become his manager. And over the last, like, over the first three seasons, or the only seasons that are out, um, we're now at a place where he's starting to get, like, some fame. So they're over in Europe in the third season. And that can open up a whole lot of possibilities of really cool storytelling because you're seeing these characters that have lived in Atlanta their whole life, you know, and now they're in this, like, around different cultures and they're touring and he's seeing how fame is kind of affecting uh, affecting all of them really and instead we like had to keep on taking breaks to watch these like anthology episodes that are like you know feel like they have like really poignant messages about like race relations and stuff like that and in some ways it does but some of the later on ones just feel like they don't land and i, I feel like it just kind of slows up what what would have been better to spend time with those characters and seeing like how they're doing you know it feels like every time a little bit of velocity is starting to get built up. You keep on hitting a wall and that I didn't like that much. And some of those episodes are kind of comparable to like Jordan Pills, twilight zone, <laughs> which isn't oh, a great thing to compare to. Not great. You know? not great. Like, I, I feel like I get that you guys are trying to like beat me over the head with like a social message. I understand, but like some land better than other ones. And the show is already so good about integrating social messages and, and race relation messages just normally throughout the, the regular characters are always spending time with already. That just right. feels kind of unneeded, but I respect it for taking a chance. I respect it for taking a chance and letting, you know, trying something different. I can't be well, mad. You know, and when it comes to something like twilight zone, it's like, Good luck topping the originals, because you have Rod Serling, you have oh, yeah. Richard Matheson. Like, I mean, there, there aren't writers like that right now. No, no. I mean, that that was, uh, you know, it's lightning in a bottle, those original ones. It was. It was lightning in a bottle, so you can't really be too mad at them for not keeping the same kind of momentum, because, you know, you have somebody who writes for Glee trying to write something that Rod Serling could, and it's like, mm. <laughs> yeah right yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, with these episodes of Atlanta they're, they're still like smart 
and they're still trying to think, but but sometimes they just feel like not great. Right. Like they feel like uh like they feel almost as if their Chappelle show skits <laughs> oh, that aren't as poignant. <laughs> like I don't know how to I don't describe it. Like I don't know. Also, I'm a total honky, so what the fuck do I know? <laughs> like I don't know. Like that's true. Fucking you know, I I'm not, I can't I, I have no place to speak about it, but I'm just saying kind of the flow of the whole season as you know if you put us in a barrel, we would be crackers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do love some Cracker Barrel. Oh, that's some new news. I can fucking eat at Cracker Barrel now. Can you? Do they? Oh, they've been talking. You were telling me they were going to be putting some plant-based options on the menu. Well, uh, one. <laughs> They'll have, I can have the grits. I can have the hash browns. And now they have impossible sausage. Yeah, because remember uh, Joe Bob Briggs was complaining about this. <laughs> He was like, God, please don't. Don't do it. You're going to have that Blaze kid up in here all the time. The one who had a really awkward conversation with me at the bar. I was working, and he kept trying to buy me drinks, and then he touched me inappropriately. <laughs> you, were trying to, you were trying to seduce Joe Bob Briggs at uh, Spooky Empire in December. <laughs> I was like, hey, baby, you want to do an interview? Just you and me? <laughs> <laughs> then you grabbed his butt. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I have to go now. <laughs> you're like, what's his problem? Why is he acting so weird? <laughs> uh, um, other pieces of news. Um, Olivia Newton-John died. <laughs> yeah, Olivia Newton-John passed away, which is sad. Um, Clue Gulliger passed away. Clue G- yeah, I know. We, we... Oh, yeah, we didn't mention last episode that... Uh... Uhura died too. Sorry? Uhura died too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh Sean Nichols died. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. lots but of deaths. Yeah. died, and this is not the first time this has happened to us, by the way. We'll talk about a movie and somebody that was in that movie will die within like a week of it. Yeah. Thank God Cameron Mitchell's already with our good Lord and Savior. Exactly. He's with Satan. <laughs> He's with Satan. Uh, the, long, yeah. the drunk piece of shit. I don't know. I just thought those were poignant topics to bring up. I don't have anything to say about them, but they <laughs> happened. That's yeah, they, news. They're, they're, they're all dead. Um, I watched Prey. Oh, how was Prey? I've heard great things. Yeah, so for anybody that doesn't know, Prey is the new Predator film. It's a Predator prequel, I guess. Ooh, I mean, the original. Huh? It's a Hulu yeah, original, correct? It it is, but I, I feel like it could have gotten released in in, in theaters. Um, it's actually really good. I thought it was really fun. I liked it. That's what everyone's been saying. Yeah, I thought. Unfortunately, I, thought really I can't get Paige to watch Predator or Alien movies, so why not? She doesn't like them. No, oh, makes sense. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is a that is a fair point. And she really um, hates Sigourney Weaver. Uh, <laughs> she said she always says it's something about her mouth like, like what's wrong with her mouth <laughs> she looks like danzig huh because she looks like danzig oh that could be it <laughs> you saw that meme you saw that meme where it's like there's just a bunch of pictures of danzig and sigourney weaver it's like which one is it sigourney or danzig yeah i've seen that <laughs> Uh, but no, pray is fun, man. I like I like pray pray quite a bit. Um, I mean, 
film franchise like Predator is very hit and miss. The original one's fantastic. Predators is really good. Uh, that last one they put out was really fucking bad. Which one was the last one? It was pretty good, huh? What was the last one? Because I thought Predators was the last one. No, the last one was The Predator. Oh, I didn't watch that one. No, don't. It's bad. No, Predators with uh, Adrian Brody, the the one that Robert Rodriguez produced, is actually pretty good. Yeah, the one with Danny Trejo and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one was good. Um... But no, Prey is fun, man. I, I think there's some pretty cool references to a couple of the Predator films in it. And it's it's fun. It's super violent. It's only like an hour and 40 minutes. So oh, cool. Pretty, yeah, it's it's pretty well paced, tight film. Um, the only other uh, <laughs> the only other piece of news I had was, did you see this picture that's going around? Uh, people are like, who are hot air balloons? No. <laughs> Have you seen this? Is it just uh, look, us? <laughs> look, look it up. Look it up on your phone real quick, because it's going around. Uh, you could probably Google it. Um, somebody, uh, I, I don't know where it was. I didn't do any research, but people have been um, putting it around online. I've been seeing it on like Instagram and stuff, and uh, I'm trying to find the picture. Oh, it's a movie? No, 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 no. I don't think there's so. a no. movie coming out about air balloons. That's... I'm going to say it's blurry, but I'm going to just send it to you because I found the picture. Uh, I don't know where this was. If anybody knows, you can message us. Uh, I just texted it to you. Um, and it's like, oh, wow, there's like these big hot air balloons. They're horror characters. And Wait. so it's like, so it's like. It's... It's Freddy Krueger and Darth Maul <laughs> and fucking ICP. <laughs> People are like, look at these horror balloons. So for anybody who hasn't seen the picture, there's these big hot air balloons, and it's like Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees. It's like, okay, those are horror. And then it's like the people that did it just completely brain farted, and they're like. Who else are horror characters? Uh, ICP. So there's Violent J and Shaggy Two Dope. And that's like, yeah, who else? They're like, uh, Darth Vader and Darth Maul. <laughs> He's pretty scary. <laughs> and people are like, look at these horror hot air balloons. I'm like, eh, I only really see two. <laughs> well, in, in other news of that, we there is a horror hot air balloon movie coming out. <laughs> there you go. See you Called later. SOS, Survive or Sacrifice. <laughs> Which it's makes me fucking... think of like a cult on an air balloon. <laughs> it's going to be fucking terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really all, all the news I had. Uh, yeah, I didn't else? really have much. Anything else for you? Uh, no, that's all it. Right. That's news. <laughs> all so right. Now it will be... Oh, shit. Which trailer should I play? <laughs> um... I don't know. Dealer's choice. Um, I will half and half it really badly. <laughs> there you go. So it'll be like the toolbox, toolbox murders. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see a problem with that. The film directed by Toby Hooper. <laughs> Toby. <laughs> All right. So does that bring us to the trailer park? That brings us to the trailer park. All right. This man 
is about to commit the most atrocious crimes in American history. Linda Githens, age 22. Valerie Hoffman, age 24. Mary Ann Stevens, age 21. These women have one thing in common. They are all victims of the toolbox murders. What the hell are you doing? July 23rd, 1977, a hooded killer terrorized a small suburb of Los Angeles, California. His identity was unknown, but he committed a series of crimes so fiendish that it shocked the entire country. Struck with no warning, he preyed on innocent young women. In his hands, simple tools became the instruments of death. still alive, the worst was yet to come. The Toolbox Murders, a true story. When you stop screaming, you'll start talking about it. All right, The Toolbox Murders and... Toolbox Murders. <laughs> so, uh, The Toolbox Murders, uh, the original one came out in 1978. Um, it's directed by Don- Dennis Donnelly and it was an exploitation film produced by a man named Tony DiDio. Um, and Tony DiDio basically, he, he was a film producer, he's still alive. And, uh, he got all these people in a room, these different writers and stuff. And he just showed them Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which had just come out, uh, Two years prior. Like a, yeah, like two years before this one. Um, I think four years. I thought I thought Texas Chainsaw came out in '74. I may be wrong about that, but um, put it on, and he's like, after it's done, it's like, I want that. Make that. <laughs> they're like, um, <laughs> and they're it's like, already okay, been made. <laughs> I want my own Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and they're like, okay, and it literally has nothing to do. <laughs> With the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No chainsaw. The killer has a mask on. And yeah, it's it's I guess it's kind of one of those movies that I, I've heard Joe Bob reference it before, uh, after Te- Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which gave way to to the black and decker killers. Yeah. <laughs> the killers using like, you know, black and decker like tools and stuff. The uh, Home so Depot Devils. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that's a bit of a connection. Uh Dennis Donnelly, the director, this is the only movie he ever directed. Um, it was written by three people. It was written by Ann Kittenberg, uh, Robert Eastman, and uh, Neva Friedman. And uh, we'll get 
more into the original toolbox murders in a second, but uh, Tony DiDio also produced the remake. Oh, he did? <laughs> yeah. Why? Which, ironically enough, is directed by Toby by Hooper. Hooper. <laughs> Which, well, that's really funny. He was like, now I got the guy to do my vision, and it ends up being worse than the other one. <laughs> it, it, you got Toby Hooper whenever he wasn't at his best. <laughs> no, unfortunately. Because uh, that you, guy could crank out some amazing shit, but then he was just like, you know what? I'll stop. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, the remake of Toolbox Murders was written by a married couple, um, who are actually the husband of the couple is is in this movie, as well as a character. Um, but it's oh, written really? by, uh, yeah, it's written by a couple named. Uh, his name is Adam Guy uh, Guy Rash, and her name is Jace Anderson, his wife's name, and their co-writing team. Uh, they haven't written anything good. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, in, in the movie, in, in the remake of Toolbox Murders, uh, he plays um, the red herring in the film. He plays the uh, guy with like the longish hair that goes over his face, and he's like the he's he's the I guess he's the um, the maintenance man in the in the apartment complex. Right. But he's like the worst red herring ever because you're like, there's no way that he's the killer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're like, no, this guy cannot do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's the writer of the film. Um, but this is actually one of three collaborations they did with uh, Toby Hooper. They also wrote Crocodile for him. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> they also they wrote this and they wrote uh, Toby Hooper's Mortuary. Uh, uh, that was the 2000s Mortuary? Yeah, 2005. Yeah, I actually didn't hate that movie. <laughs> I've never seen it. Um, they it's also, okay. They also wrote uh, Dario Gento's Mother of Tears. You ever see Mother of Tears? Uh, I've heard of Mother of Tears. I never cared to watch it. <laughs> it's, it's the third movie in the uh, in the uh, the Mother's trilogy. Dario Gento's Mother's trilogy of uh, Suspiria, Inferno, and that's Mother of Tears. And it's awful. <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah, way um, to follow up two amazing movies. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And they also wrote and Adam directed uh, the remake of Night of the Demons. So <laughs> they don't have a great oh, track record. Oh, God. The last movie they, they were part of uh, that they wrote and he directed is a movie called as an action film. Or I guess a psychological horror film. Just a, the poster looks like an action film called Fractured. Um, <laughs> oh, the one with uh, not Anthony Hopkins. Is it Anthony Hopkins? No. Uh. Uh-uh. <sighs> I know there was two Jones, Jones in it. <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking Anthony Hopkins. No, he, he he would never he would never slump this low. <laughs> he um, I guess he he did another movie that he directed and that they wrote together uh, called Autopsy. I haven't uh, watched that one. No. I've seen the I've seen the DVD cover, but I've never seen it. Um, but yeah, they 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 definitely have a, a niche that they <laughs> that they work in that's not wonderful. Um, but anyways, how do we want to do this? So that's a little bit of background on um, both. So films. I we'll can do. Bit. How about I do a brief synopsis of the first one? You do a brief synopsis of the second one, and then we'll compare. Uh, let's reverse that. <laughs> I'll do the original one. You can do the remake. Oh, God, that's going to be hard. It's all over the fucking place. <laughs> like, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but you'll make it funnier than I will, so. <laughs> I hope. 
Like, you know, we're, we'll, we'll both we'll both do the second one. But okay. Yeah, we'll, so, we can both do this. We'll both do this one also. But there, there's a little intersection I wanted to take in, in the original one. That's why I want to take point about one of the actresses in this film. <laughs> uh, Toolbox Murders, 1978. Starts up, guy driving around in a car, um, listening to some holy roller on the radio station. Drops a dead yep. lady out of his car. <laughs> that's Cameron Mitchell doing the preacher's voice on the radio. No shit. First of all. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there's a dead lady gets rolled out of a car. You don't know why. You really don't know why for most of the film. Uh, from yeah, about there, the we, last 20 minutes is when the actual story comes in. You're like, man, you could have done more of this and it would have been good. Like, So the first 20 minutes of the movie is basically this guy in a ski mask with a toolbox going door to door killing women. Yeah, that's about it. Like and the first not- 20 minutes of the movies, like three women getting killed. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, he's not raping them. No. Well, he, he almost does one almost, but then he almost. shoots her to death with a nail gun. <laughs> so, so that actress, this is where I'll just do it now. So there's this actress in there. Uh, I think it's his third victim. Uh, yeah. Third she, victim. She, she's a uh, redhead and she has a nude scene and she, I would say it's more than a nude scene. Uh, yeah, uh, she, she masturbates. Like, I'm like, you're not supposed to do that in the bath. That's how you take a bath. (laughs) Yeah, she, she's, she masturbates in the scene and all that. And she looked like she was really getting some out of rubbing her knee. (laughs) Yes. That, that, that actress is named Kelly Nichols. And Kelly Nichols went on to become an adult film star. She's only in two regular films. (laughs) And she went to a very, uh, long film in the hardcore porn industry. Um, funny thing about Kelly Nichols is, um, like a year after this, she was a penthouse pet of the month. Okay. Um, she, uh, <laughs> she was happy to be on cause she's on the poster. She's the woman that's on the poster of the movie. And she loved being on the poster because, um, they made her breasts bigger than they were, which she was ecstatic about. <laughs> and when this movie came out, she took both of her brothers to see it. <laughs> Oh God! At, really? Yeah, at the at the theater that, that she feels like it would be so awkward. You know, it gets like, more hey, awkward. Guys, wait! This is the part where I start masturbating. <laughs> at at the theater that she used to usher at. Oh God! Hey, you know, I wish I had that sort of confidence because that is like, hey, coworkers, check this out. <laughs> it's like, damn. Kelly really knows how to rock it in a bathtub. So she went on to a, uh, a very long career in porn. Uh, and she may be the one actress that went on to do a lot in this film. Um, so these women are getting killed. Uh, the cops really don't know what's going on. Cameron Mitchell is the... Uh, not that they're trying that hard. <laughs> no, they're not trying hard at all. Um, it, it, it's cops and movies. Who cares? <laughs> uh, Cameron Mitchell is, uh, is, is the attendant or the, is the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's the man, apartment manager. Yeah. He's apartment manager. Uh, he doesn't uh, live at the apartment. No, he doesn't. He have his, own, he has his own house. Um, and he's like, Oh my God, what is going on? Um, it's quite obvious that's, yeah, you know, immediately it's him. I'd probably see him in, in, in the ski mask. Who else has dead eyes like that? <laughs> no. And that, and the other part of it that got me is that, 
So later on in the film, you're introduced to what becomes like the main focus of the film is this small family, a mom with her two kids, a brother and a sister. Yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, people are getting killed and blah, blah, blah. This is crazy. But I have a test to study for, so it doesn't really matter. (laughs) And so his sister gets kidnapped, not killed by Cameron Mitchell. We're just giving that away. (laughs) um, Cameron Mitchell. And it's the biggest actor in the film. Biggest actor. Yeah. You may know him from such Westerns as I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> I can name a few. <laughs> Low blow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, the low blow. That's true. Um, uh, that porn we watched together. <laughs> we watched a we watched we watched a porno with uh, Cameron Mitchell because he got Caligula basically, where whoever was directing the film or producing the film. They they pitched it to Cameron Mitchell like he was going to be in like a 1940s like noir crime film where he's like a police detective, and they shot all of his films in one location, and then they shot a porn around it, <laughs> and he didn't know. <laughs> well, um, yeah. So moving on from that, this is the part I wanted to get to. So the brother walks in. To a crime scene, no problem. <laughs> like, yeah. And there's a young man there. Uh, Kevin, I think his name is. Kevin? Yeah, I think Kevin. And yeah. Kevin is the nephew of the killer, Cameron Mitchell. And he's like, hey, you want to help me clean up this viscera? <laughs> like, and he's like, wow, for a few extra bucks, I guess my sister's been kidnapped. And I'm really sad about it, I think. <laughs> and but he goes in there and the cops like looking out the window. He's like, it doesn't make any sense. There's no signs of breaking. And he's like, well, maybe whoever did it has the keys to the building. And he's like, ah, shut up. <laughs> You're a fucking moron, kid. Who would have all the keys to what do you think? think this is like an up what like an apartment i don't know manager (laughs) you're out of your deaf kid (laughs) yes you don't know how to cop like i do i'm gonna go hassle your mom and say she was doing a bunch of sex stuff (laughs) he's that cop is constantly trying to bang their mom he even goes to her place of work to try to to try to bang her (laughs) <laughs> that, that that cop is trying to get that cop is spending more time trying to bang their mom than he is trying to solve these murders. Yes, he is. And and, and, and uh, the mom the mom is like rejecting him to his face and he's just not taking a hint. No. And so when the movie starts getting interesting is uh when we see the film back inside Cameron Mitchell's house and he has the girl kidnapped but all tied up. And we had just had an expository dialogue between Kevin and Leroy. I don't remember his fucking name. Uh, and he was like, oh, yeah, your cousin died in that horrible car accident, right? He's like, yeah, my really, really hot cousin died in that <laughs> horrible saying some car very inappropriate things about Yeah, it's cousin. like, mm, okay, that's weird. So Cameron Mitchell has kidnapped her. 
because he is trying to recreate his daughter, I guess. But he also acts as though it is his daughter. Yes. And asks her questions like, what was it like dying? What is the afterlife like? And there was some really, like, kind of interesting parts in that. Like, Oh, yeah, for sure. I, uh, 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 so the brother's name is Joey. And, and the, uh, Lauren. The, nephew, the nephew's name is, is, uh, yeah, Laura, uh, Lauren's the yeah, sister. Laura, Lori is the, yeah, Lori is the, uh, sister. And then Kent, Kent is the nephew. Kent, not Kevin. Yeah. Um, Cameron, Cameron Mitchell's character's name is Vance, Vance Kingsley. Okay. Um, and also, also, if you're watching this movie, by the way, with subtitles, it already gets spoiled who the killer is because it says Vance grunts. <laughs> Vance, like when he has the mask on. <laughs> the very beginning of the film. It's like the second the subtitles. Of <laughs> Not that uh, it was a mystery. Yeah, no, it's pretty easy to tell it's Karen Mitchell. But yeah, that, that's actually a really good part in the film is whenever uh, Karen Mitchell goes on this expository dialogue slash monologue where he's just talking about his daughter dying and talking about like why he started killing people and all this stuff to Lori, which by the way, Lori is played by Pamela, uh, Pamela and who voiced Fern in, um, Fern Gully. No, uh, uh, Charlotte's <laughs> web, <laughs> Charlotte's <laughs> web. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a really good scene. Um, that's actually like the best scene between both of these films. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like the, uh, the second the is, movie does not have any sort of redeeming part no. to it. No, what, um, we, what we do learn, though, is that uh, Kent, other than wanting to bang his cousin, uh, turns out, A, uh, he did. Yeah, he did bang, bang his cousin. cousin. A, a lot, apparently. <laughs> um, and Cameron and Mitchell B, thinks he's just been helping him this whole time. Yeah, and B, he's he's a psychopath, if you couldn't tell by him banging his cousin, uh, because he kills Joey. <laughs> yeah, he lights Joey on fire when he figures out that his uncle is the one who kidnapped her, and Joey dies. And yeah. then he goes in to see his uncle, and his uncle's like, oh, it's Kent, my good boy Kent. Like, he helped bring you and blah, blah, blah. And then Kent just goes, he's like, oh, hey, by the way, me and me and her fucked like we fuck like me and your daughter you know how i'm your nephew you know how that would be really weird we fuck and oh, he, he was like anyway. what <laughs> like, like that would if anything this is when he should start killing people he's like okay and and, and cameron mitchell he's understandably upset by this <laughs> he's understandably and not okay with they get in his a fight banging his daughter <laughs> For some they reason, get in a fight up. scene. Uh, he yeah. stabs Cameron Mitchell to death. He doesn't stab Cameron Mitchell to death. Cameron Mitchell stabs himself to death. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> make that clear. He runs right into a knife. He does. Because he's giving Kent the business for a second there, and then, and then he kind of holds up a knife and he runs right into it. Yeah, goes back into the room. She's like, "Oh, thank God, you're here to save me." And he's like, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> He cuts off the ropes, and he's like, I missed you so much. And he's like, oh, fuck, he's crazy, too. And then it <laughs> leads into him being really weird and then starts over where she finds out he killed. He Well, number one, he rapes her. He sure and, does. And yep. then he tells her how he just killed her brother. <laughs> like, yep. 
Just insult to injury. Yep, and then she finds a pair of scissors that he cut her loose with, and the next scene is her walking down the road covered in blood. And then they're like, this was based on true story. It was not. Um, yeah. <laughs> 100% was not, which I think is another uh, reference to Texas Chainsaw, because Texas Chainsaw yeah. opened up with the events in 1973. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just like Texas Chainsaw, it's vaguely based off of some murders that were going around at that time. But um, so Kent, uh, Kent is is played by uh, somebody who was a child actor at the time, Wesley Yore. And Wesley Yore was known up until this as playing the son on uh, Land of the Lost. Oh, really? Okay. And why, why he took this role is because he wanted to play a bad guy. He's like, I'm tired of being like the squeaky clean, like the good son character for like, you know, his whole childhood. Well, so he, he picked a, a bad motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, so he got a chance to be like, okay, A, I'm a killer. B, I'm a rapist. C, I'm a cousin fucker. <laughs> D, I'm unapologetic for all of it. <laughs> Like he is uh he is a bad mamma jamma. Uh, <laughs> not a good boy. No, not a good boy at all. Um Stephen King is a big fan of the original Toolbox Murders. Uh he thinks it's one of the scariest movies ever released. Okay. <laughs> uh he's he's a big fan. It's one of his favorite horror films. That's We're why about he the- likes the made for TV shining and not the Stanley Kubrick shining. <laughs> Well, there, there's more reasons than that. Uh, what was the other movie? What movie were we talking about before that we said was one of his favorites? Oh, the one with... Uh, well, there's actually been a couple we brought up where it's like, oh, this Stephen King really likes this film. But uh, the one with... Oh, uh, uh, med, something maker, baby killer. Oh, yeah, he loved that one. But the Butcher one Baker, with, uh, Nightmare Maker. Yeah, he loved that one, but the one with Oliver Reed. <laughs> the one that we made a lot of fun of. The one with Oliver Reed and they move into the house. You have the VHS of it. Oh, uh, fucking burn offerings. Yeah, burn offerings. Yeah. One, one of our best episodes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Stephen King is also a fan of this movie. Um, I'm, I'm sorry to see a pattern with movie Stephen King likes. But um, <laughs> uh, I think that's all the behind the scenes. There was a lot of behind the scenes stuff I had except for <laughs> Kelly Nichols. Um, yeah. So anyways, that's the original toolbox murders. There was supposed to be a sequel they were going to make in the eighties. It never got made. Um, but instead 30 years later, uh, Tony DiDio finally gets his wish of getting Toby Hooper to direct a film way past Toby Hooper's prime. (laughs) That's the thing about Toby Hooper is that Toby Hooper, whenever he was on, he was on, but he wasn't on for a long time at this point. Yeah. with an exception, he has he has the same exception as most directors that whose whose light had kind of passed for a while, and people thought they were all kind of like, oh, they uh they're past their prime, they can never make a comeback, and that was that he made a really good episode or two of uh, Master of Horror, Masters of yeah, Horror, yeah, 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 um, which is the same thing that John Carpenter and all these other directors did. Um, that people are like, oh, they haven't put anything good out in a long time. I guess they suck now. And they came and they would make one really good episode of Masters of Horror. Uh, yeah, Cigarette Burns is still one of my favorites. 
which oh yeah cigarette burns oh yeah this is that's one of the best ones um but uh so at this time toby hooper is i mean we're way past texas chainsaw we're we're way past poltergeist or funhouse or even life force <laughs> toby yeah. hooper isn't the toby hooper that people remember at this point he's doing a lot of direct to dvd trash like um, this <laughs> yeah like crocodile or this or mortuary <laughs> um and uh uh boy <laughs> this sure is a movie um <laughs> Where do I even start with this? Uh, well, this one starts off with a couple moving in. Okay, so I think I think the structure of the film is more interesting. I think this movie is more entertaining than the original one. I think that there's more happening in it. There's more stuff going on, but there's no reason for it. <laughs> no, and even the explanation of why is like doesn't make much sense either. This one has uh, puzzles and cryptic symbols behind wallpapers. <laughs> Right. Um, An eclectic goth neighbor. <laughs> pretty much. So uh, so a couple move in. Their names are the Barrows. They move into an apartment complex. Um, the wife, Nell, who's our main character, is played by Angela Bettis. Uh, people know her. See, I've never seen this movie. I've seen it. I've seen it, the post report a lot, but I've never seen the movie May. Have you ever seen May? No. That's, that's like the thing. That's a psychological horror movie that came out in 2002 that she starred in. I know a lot of people really like that film. I've never seen it. Um, she was also Carrie in the uh, TV movie Carrie. Um, and she was, of course, in Girl Interrupted. Uh, but, yeah, they move into this apartment complex that is a piece of shit. Yeah, it is bad. It is an awful, awful piece of shit. Um, that is like we've lived by, in some bad apartments, but that one. <laughs> yeah, it's just ran by. Uh, it's ran by a guy named uh, Byron. Is that his name? Yeah, Byron. Uh, played by Greg Travis, who is a. Uh, he's he's a stand-up comedian, but he had an act where um, he created a character called David Slees, who is the punk magician. That was kind of his claim to fame that he did. Uh, in real life, uh, and his his uh, his routine appeared in a lot of Rodney Dangerfield's uh, HBO specials and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's our comedy relief. I don't know. This film feels like it has a lot of comedy reliefs. But yeah, like funny. more comedy reliefs than actual actors. Yeah, it's like we didn't need to be relieved. <laughs> so, so so Nell and Stephen. Uh, Nell is a teacher, and Stephen is a almost nurse? done. Huh? Or no, he's in he's law a doctor. School? Yeah, doctor. He, he's yeah. a doctor, but he's he's not quite he's he's still green. You know, he's still going through like crazy shifts and everything like that. Huh? On call crazy shifts. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh the movie opens up before they move in, um, to where it has uh, you know, just one of the finest actresses of our generation. Um Sherry Moon Zombie. <laughs> Oh, of course. <laughs> is um <laughs> is going to the apartment uh after being outside buying a paper. Yeah. And gets in the apartment. And uh, uh also 
I guess this is important to the movie because it kind of ties into everything, but I feel like he was trying to say something or the writers were trying to say something, but I don't know what the fuck they were trying to say, but the, the hotel is in Los Angeles. It's in Hollywood. So and like it, hotel Cecil maybe or something. Yeah. So old apartment complex. that used to be like one of these old hotel or co- apartments originally where like the black Dahlia originally lived. And, of course, you have that old lady who's like, I know the history of this apartment. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But you have an old man that does. Yeah, it's an old man. But... Played, played, played by Rance Howard. Uh, Rance Howard, the, the father of, uh, of Clint Howard and uh, Ron Howard. Yeah, his career was looking up at this time. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh... So yeah, Sherry Moon, she goes to the apartment, she goes up to her, her apartment and she gets killed. Pray for the best. Yeah. It's like um, well, this movie could only get worse. <laughs> if if Sherry Moon is checking out this early, then it's about to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> uh, She's like, I act- think that discredits my talents. It's like, ooh, <laughs> like better not watch this one. This is this is actually the only movie. That she's been in that wasn't directed by her husband, Rob Zombie. That's just mind-blowing. Um, well, and there's a reason why, allegedly. Um, a, she did kind of as a favor. Uh, because Rob and Toby are friends, were friends. And uh, she thought it'd be cool to be in a film with Toby. You know, That's fair. I mean, directed all that. Um, she said that she was never in any other movies that Rob didn't direct. Because she never wanted to be an actress until her and Rob were together. So she always said she didn't want to act in any other movies. And it's probably for the best because um, she's not a good actress, but we yeah. talked about that before. I don't know. Like, I don't know, man. Like, it, you you look at the, the movies that were good by him and you're like, it's kind of a miracle. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I think I've said this before, but I actually like, I like all of his movies to at least some degree. Like, I always know what I'm getting. I mean, with the yeah. monster, I don't know how that's going to shake up. But all of his movies up until this point, I at least like them to a certain degree. Like, 31, I know you hate, but I wasn't surprised yeah. by it. 31 is exactly what I thought 31 was going to be. <laughs> you know? Um, well, I guess and, I kind of went in. I'm like, this is probably going to be dog shit. And I'm like, hey, it is dog shit. <laughs> yeah. You should like it more. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that movie's dumb, but I think it is exactly what it was. Uh, what it was going to be. But yeah, Sherry Moon dies. Uh, she gets stabbed. No, she doesn't get stabbed. She gets killed with a hammer. Yeah, hammer. Um, to where hammer the killer is hitting with a hammer, but he's like limp-wristing hitting her. <laughs> it doesn't look like it's impactful at all. Like, it's it's almost impolite how <laughs> softly he's doing it. He's dead-fishing her to death. <laughs> Pretty much. <It's> not... <laughs> exactly. Um... Uh, after this, uh, uh, I know I always love how she comes in. She's like, here I am at my fucking apartment. Look at this <laughs> stupid pussy fucking paper. All right, let's go in there. Oh, are you going to smack me with that bitchy puss hammer? <laughs> did, did Rob Zombie write the dialogue for this movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just for that scene, though. She's like, I'm only reading dialogue written by my husband. <laughs> but she gets killed pretty quickly, so you don't have to deal with her acting. Um, 
And after that, I think probably just, one of her best roles. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. Um, <laughs> after uh, and this after, is not to say we hate her as a person. I'm sure she's fine. <laughs> like we just don't like her acting. Listen, I find them. I find we're, we're sure I talk about both of them a lot. She's such a minuscule part of this film, but yeah. um, but uh, I think that I like Rob Zombie like in interviews and stuff, and I like videos with them together because I think they're a cute couple. Like I think that they have a, a, a cute relationship. I'll say that. Um, so yeah, I mean I'm sure she's fine in real life or whatever, but she's not a very good actress. <laughs> but. She's like, hey, Sherry. She's like, hey, fucking pussies. <laughs> <laughs> you kiss your mother with that mouth? I do a lot more than that with this mouth. <laughs> um, so uh, after that, I think right after that, we're, we're introduced to, to the Barrows, right? We're introduced to our two main characters. Yep, that's when the very next thing just move in. in. Yeah. Like, okay, here we are. It's like wait, you're a teacher and he's a doctor and why can't you afford something slightly better? <laughs> like, this apartment complex is so fucking bad. Like, first of all, it has paper, maybe less than paper thin walls. You can hear everything. Um, there, It's bug infested. There's just tarps of plastic where construction's going on. Uh, people are constantly calling the maintenance people and the front desk guy to fix something and they never come to fix anything <laughs> and uh well when you see the maintenance guy you're kind of like don't bother him <laughs> yeah, so, the, so the maintenance guy is our red herring um so it feels like this movie is trying to have a mystery it may have a bit, bit more of a mystery element than well because the, there were the scenes where she was going through and looking at like these symbols and finding a book and yeah like, trying to translate what they were to figure out, like, was this some kind of cult killing kind of thing? Right. Like, yeah, but the mystery doesn't pan out at all. And we'll get to that. No, it, it ends up just, it's like, oh, no, it was just this dude. And you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so what uh, was all that other stuff for? He's like, I didn't really finish writing it. <laughs> everything is red herring. Um, but, yeah, the the writer, the co-writer of this film, um, he, plays, he plays the maintenance guy who's like, the most red herring, red herring ever. He's got like he's literally his, a fish. <laughs> yeah, his haircut is covers his face. His long hair covers his face, and he talks like this. And he he's always carrying the toolbox around. He's like very like socially awkward, and he's also like like weirdly fascinated with this one woman that lives in the apartment building, who's played by um, Spike's girlfriend from Buffy. <laughs> what was her name? Was it Lucilia? Yeah. Name? Uh, I didn't realize that was her. Yeah. Uh, uh, the actress' name is Julia Juliet Landau. Uh, Drusilla. Drusilla was her character's name in Buffy. Buffy. Bluffy. Bluffy. In McGuffy, the room prior slayer. McGruff, uh, the crime dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, they aren't happy. They aren't happy with their living arrangements understandably so it sucks there uh yeah. they can hear they, they have this neighbor who's like a total like uh hippie kind of chick and her and her skinhead boyfriend have really really loud sex really? yeah like it it annoys you even as viewing it like it's not like haha funny 
Like that's got to be annoying. It's like I'm pretty pissed too. Like, if they if they aren't savagely fucking each other, then they're savagely fighting in the hallways of this apartment complex. Yeah, it's really annoying. <laughs> and uh, you're like, oh, well, I guess this is going to be a subplot. It's not. She's the next one that gets killed. <laughs> yeah, like, like and they're like, oh, it was a boyfriend. And it's like, no. And it's like, okay. <laughs> I guess it's not. The killer shoots her with a nail gun. Oh, <laughs> So it's a little throwback to the nail gun killing of uh, of uh, Kelly Nichols in the original one. Right. But this one is so over the top, like remakes that are written by this, these two are, where she gets nail gunned to the roof of the apartment. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking, it's like, nails wouldn't do that. <laughs> and then, like, the, the thing I do like about this script um, the last and, time I heard about nails actually sticking someone somewhere was in the Bible. <laughs> Nailed it. Got it. Um, <laughs> and speaking of nails, Nell, our, our <laughs> heroine, um, our main character, is uh, one of the interesting things I think about this script is that it's almost like a rare window kind of situation where she keeps on hearing the murders or she's knows something's up. And she'll call the cops and they don't believe her. And she keeps on th- seeing these things, but like the body keeps on disappearing or whatever. Right. So she's kind of getting gaslit the whole time. And I think that's kind of an interesting place for the script to go. Nobody, she, no crime. <laughs> nobody, no crime. Except for the cops walk in whenever her neighbor gets killed <laughs> to look for the like, body for like two seconds. Look up. Leave. Yeah, and then she's on the roof, and it, it zooms into her body that's pinned to the roof, and her eyes open, and you're like, wait, she's still alive? Or is she? We'll get back, we'll, we'll come to that in a second. Um, during this time, Nell uh, meets an old man that lives in the apartment complex, allegedly he's lived there for like 60 years, he's played by Rance Howard, uh, father Ron Howard and Clint Howard. Um he uh have much better careers <laughs> yeah, yeah. well i mean it's because i mean rantar was a character actor and because of him is what turned both of them got both of them to be child child actors you know and uh i don't know i i love clint howard <laughs> who doesn't right oh yeah <laughs> ron howard's a good director um oh yeah so uh, uh oh yeah 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 <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> So, so Rance Howard plays a character named uh, uh, Chas, and um, yeah, he's he's an old man that's lived in this apartment complex in this building for sixty oh, years. It used to be so nice. Let me tell you about how nice it used to be. You're a sweet little girl. He also has obnoxiously loud dog tags. Yes, he does. He wears his dog tags outside of his shirt. And they're allowed find to out he like, lost his daughter in the Vietnam War. <laughs> <laughs> he, he lost his daughter to a uh, helicopter accident on a uh, John Landis film set. <laughs> Don't die, John Landis. <laughs> John Landis struck again. <laughs> Let's keep saying his name. Maybe he'll pass away next week. <laughs> I heard one time somebody said, like, uh, there's this one film critic I listen to a lot, and he said that anytime like John Landis is in a room and he hears like something come up there, he's like, Yeah, he's visibly like bothered by that. I'm like, I would fucking hope so. 
I would hope he, he better be. Everyone told him it was going to happen. Yeah, exactly. We're like, dude, that's a terrible idea. Somebody could get killed. He's like, I'm sure somebody won't. It's like, <laughs> yeah, some right. people. Like, two children <laughs> and a somebody. <laughs> Not two a Vic Morrow, yeah. <laughs> um, they weren't clear enough. <laughs> if I ever met him, I would not stop talking about the Twilight Zone movie, and I'd act like I have no idea about it, and I'd talk about how that's my favorite skit, and I watch it over and over and over again, and I even slowed it down. I said, "Man, it's just like, how did they get out of that alive?" I would, I would, <laughs> I would just, I would just keep on switching on him. I'd either be talking about that, or I'd be talking about that. The part in trading places, whenever Dan Aykroyd comes on a blackface, <laughs> like John Landis, you just made a lot of bad decisions. Yeah, you you <laughs> didn't plan things out. Um, okay, so moving on. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, uh, murders are happening. Um, what happens next? Uh, so after that. I believe that's when she starts, man, I would see, I should have watched that one more recently than the other one. Uh, I believe she goes down and starts uh, uh, checking out the tool shed where the red herring is. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, uh, I don't know. He's just being red herring. Oh, she, she also yeah. made friends with, with the, uh, with Julia, her, the, the girl that's played by the actress that played Drusilla. Um, she's, uh, She's super into fitness, so running around, and they bond by, make by running together. Um, yeah. There's also a family that lives in the apartment complex where the son is a complete peeping Tom. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about him. <laughs> and he has, he has a webcam that's hooked up into Julia's – hooked to Julia's webcam. Somehow he hacked her webcam or something. I don't know. Which... He just watches her get naked. Yeah, and then that ends up uh, kind of backstabbing him because it's like, hey, you have film of a murder. <laughs> yeah, but he says he deleted it, but he didn't. He backed it up, <laughs> but that's later on. Um, yeah, I don't know. Murders are happening. Uh, Julia gets killed. <laughs> yep. She gets killed um, by getting a drill through the back of her head. Also, all the tools in the movie are Toby Hooper's tools. Those are his tools that he owns. So he just brought him to set. You're <laughs> like, what is this? Okay. <laughs> That's some trivia for you. I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> there you go. That's something that happened. <laughs> in this movie. There. <laughs> that, is, that is the longest plot point that that movie has. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have a plot point. That's just a behind the scenes tidbit. Um, yeah, but I mean, they're there the whole time. Oh, yeah. He deals with them and <laughs> he brought them. So it was the most planned thing in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, uh, so, yeah, they're trying to she's trying to figure out what's going on. Um, she tells Rance Howard's character, Chaz, about it, and he gives her a magazine with his photo. He's like, look at look at this young stud. And That's it's a picture me. of him back, back. Yeah, back when he was an actor or whatever, when he was a young man. And she's like, oh, thanks. And she tries to hand him the magazine back, but he just like walks off. And she opens it up, and it has a note that says, hey, look for apartment number 504, I think. 
Yeah, and it was one of the ones that was hidden through all that construction shit. Yeah, so here's my question. Even more than, like, uh, the apartment number, what the apartment is, does he just carry around, like, a lot of magazines with his face on it and just hands them to people? You know, it's funny. I... I... I always imagined, like, I think I would be that kind of skis of a person. Like, it's like, hey, we're putting you in a magazine. And I'd have, like, a billion copies of it to be like, hey, see, look at me. I did stuff. I'm in a magazine. Right. And I don't know. I Like, that part I almost was forgiving because I was like, I think later, like, by the time I actually thought it through, I'd be like, that's really stupid. Don't do that. I'm not going to do that. But the first original thought would be, oh, man, I should totally do that. <laughs> like, when, when, when he got back in the elevator, he immediately had that thought. <laughs> he was just like, that was stupid. Why did I do that? <laughs> that was really embarrassing. I got to yeah. go apologize to her. <laughs> oh, wait, I left that note for her. Never mind, I meant to do that. Yeah, um, no, yeah. No, no. So she has a whole Suspiria kind of like investigating like, oh, let me find. Well, it's not even uh, it's not even. Um, Suspiria. I'm thinking of Fulci instead, uh, the Beyond, which yeah. we talked about in the previous episode. Whenever uh, at one point a character goes to look at the blueprints of the house they're in and what's going on with it, she does the same thing, and she steals the blueprints. Yep. <laughs> a guy walks off and she just picks it up and just runs out the door with it. <laughs> and the guy and was so There's not even that. Hey, where'd my blueprints go? <laughs> yeah. The guy was also being super nice and helpful and giving her all kinds of information. She just robs them. Rob's a library, um, or wh- wherever it is. Well, how did and you find it? Well, after I stole this wallet, I noticed the blueprints <laughs> on the table, so. Exactly. And so, uh, uh, finds out that, um, not only 504, but 104, 204, 304, 404, all those apartments on each level are all gone. They aren't, they aren't. There's no door for them. And it turns out there's a whole area, basically, they say a townhouse, but that's way bigger than a fucking townhouse. Yeah, that's, like, huge. <laughs> yeah. Um, was in there. We also learned that the person that used to own this apartment complex was some occultist or some shit. I don't know. He's some occultist that that wanted to... They really did. They gave you a really baseline. Here's this and never expand on it. <laughs> he he loved being rich and he, he loved his sex and his money and drugs or whatever. And he and wanted to live forever. Stuff. So he did occulty shit. And all around the apartment complex, there's like occult symbols. Or we see symbols and we find out they're occult symbols. Yeah. Uh, and she finds out that each level where the apartment is missing um, is one of the symbols. So she writes them all on her, draws them all on her forearms. Um, and she's going around trying to find it. She finds a secret door. Uh, she falls through it. Um, and the killer is down there. Um, during this time, the killer's killed. Like, um, he killed the red herring by sawing his face with a, with a, uh, a, um, a saw. <laughs> yeah. But it's like an electric saw. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like between his a like, jigsaw, huh? A jigsaw, like the yeah. long tipped one, yeah. Yeah, and it goes like slices his face, uh, like from right under the nose, back, and the rest of his body falls. And that one keeps stays up, but his eyes open. Oh my God, he's alive! Also, what is this? What is this? It's not really explained. 
No, it never is. Like I guess I guess it's because whatever cult thing is all over the apartment, it, it keeps people from dying. I don't know. Sort of. Um, <laughs> turns out that the killer isn't anybody. The killer isn't anybody that lives in the apartment. It's not he's like just the, the guy. <laughs> he, he's he's the I think I think it's the guy that created who who opened the hotel, the occultist. I think that's who it's supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, but it's not. It's not. There's no mystery because it's just. It's just the guy. Yeah, they never even. They. The only thing they talk about is. Oh, like if anything, Rance would have been the guy who would have been. I thought it was him at first. Yeah, you do, and then you're like, oh well, that would be an okay twist, and then they're like, nah, there's no twist. We just like even whenever he takes his mask off and stuff, because he's like bald. You know, he's bald and he, but his face is all deformed. I thought it was like him but he's like can turn to a monster also or some shit but no ranch just shows up and he immediately gets killed <laughs> yep he immediately gets killed um <laughs> and angela bettis is running around and and her husband steve the, and, and, and the the front door man or the uh the front desk guy and uh the owner are all back there with him trying to find the killer um and they they both get fucking killed I don't know. Yep. They they all fucking get killed. That's how these movies normally go, folks. <laughs> and uh uh they finally have like a showdown with the uh with the killer. Um her husband gets stabbed and she just beats the fuck out of the killer <laughs> and drops a shelf on him. That was it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and the ambulance comes, and the cops come, and they're like, oh, my God, we should have believed you earlier. I don't even know how they got into the back area. I don't even know how they got in the back area, that hidden, the hidden area where they are. Because they get down there with, like, a gurney and all kinds of stuff to take the, the husband away. But, like, she fell through, like, a trap door, and they found, like, a trap little passageway. How, they, how, how the fuck do they all get back there? How the, how the emergency vehicle people like all get back there, like the cops and the paramedics and everything. Sometimes when you try really hard to make a film, <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> well, that, that, they didn't have that problem at all then. <laughs> they didn't try that hard. Uh, so uh, you're like, oh, well, it's finally over. And uh, she goes back up to her shitty ass apartment. She's like, <laughs> well, my knows- husband's dead. Well, he's not dead. He gets taken away. He's fine. She's she's. Oh, get... that's right. I thought he died for some. No, no. He gets taken away. She's going to pack up the bags and meet him at the hospital. Um, killer smashes through the glass, and uh, she see the killer sees her forearm. She's he sees the occult signs all over, all over her arms. And he's like, uh oh, my only weakness, <laughs> the thing that kept me alive all these years. And uh, I don't know. She like punches him or <laughs> some shit. Yeah, it was a really... I don't know. And he falls out the window. And a, a cord got wrapped around his neck and he hangs. He gets hung. Yeah. Or he's about to. The cops come and they shoot him. They shoot him up. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's what happens. Yeah, and he falls through the window. It's a very forgettable movie. <laughs> yeah. And he's just hanging there. I watched there. it two days ago and I'm like... Yeah, yeah same here. Uh, uh, <laughs> and then she looks down and, of course, he's missing and the movie ends. And that's... That's the tool. That's sorry, not the toolbox murders. That's toolbox murders. It is lowest common denominator. Toby Hooper, but this movie was actually better received than the original one, which is crazy to me. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so, I, guess, I guess during the time of its release, it makes sense because people were probably like not too keen on 
brutal murder stuff yet. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so the killer was originally supposed to be dr- uh, played by Lucky McKee, uh, the director, uh, who actually directed, um, who directed May, uh, the movie. Oh, okay. Earlier. Um, he also directed The Woman, um, All Cheerleaders Die, The Woods. Um, but he was busy. Um, he was busy directing The Woods at the time, so he wasn't able to be the killer in this film. Um, here's a crazy piece of trivia, though. This may be what the whole episode is hung on right here. Christian Bell really, really wanted the role of Steve Barrow. What? Christian Bell kept on trying to get a hold. He said this in an interview. This is from Christian Bell's mouth. He kept on trying to get a hold of Toby Hooper because he wanted the role of Steve Barrow, the husband in this film, who's who, which is a nothing role, by the way. Steve yeah, is it, it really is. He's like there for like maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, enough to where he shot his own um, he shot his own screen test and tried to send a Toby Hooper and Toby Hooper kept ignoring his calls. <laughs> Why? This is Christian Bell post post the machinist post American psycho post equilibrium. Why did uh, he want to be in this so bad? I don't know. I have maybe just to work with Toby Hooper. I don't know. Maybe he um, really likes the original. Yeah, maybe. Uh, probably just work with Toby Hooper. Uh, I don't know. Uh, instead, uh, he went and did Batman instead, which was the smarter thing to Dumb do. Dumb call. <laughs> How did that work out for you, Christian Bale? <laughs> no. So, yeah, Christian Bale was really, really gunning for this role for some reason. I don't even know why. Uh, and th- yeah. he said this. He said this. <laughs> Like that this came from his sense. mouth, huh? There's got to be more to that story. Yeah, you would think. Um, uh, Christian Bale, come on the show. Yeah, Christian Bale, come on the show. Um, the this thing about our- these two movies is that you know you're like, it doesn't even feel like an homage. Yeah, like it feels like a completely different movie. Oh, of, of of the remake to the original one? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... it's, And really, there is no... I don't think that there's anything similar except for it takes place in an apartment complex. And he uses tools to kill people. <laughs> he uses tools to kill people. I mean, there's the nail gun. And he wears... Yeah, a, but that's a, totally, like, done differently. And he wears a ski mask in both. Yeah, that's um, pretty much the only similarities between the two movies. Yeah, and it's Tony DiDio directed uh, or uh, produced it. <laughs> that's that's all. Um, yeah, the 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 remake is pretty fucking rough. The original one is pretty boring for the most part as well, but I like the original one better. I think I do too. Uh, I, I would say if you're gonna sit down and watch them, like watch the remake because it makes the first one seem so much better. I, I could I could see that yeah because I, I watched that remake and I was like oh my god this is fucking stupid and makes no sense and then I watched the original again and it was like you know I like this more now <laughs> I like this more than I did before yeah I did it in the chronological order but um it is a film it is a film <laughs> both, both are films uh, watch the original because there's Cameron Mitchell in it 
<laughs> yeah, if Cameron Mitchell's in it, watch it. <laughs> he's great in it. He's actually he's he's not shit faced in it. No, he's sober. It's yeah, really he's, weird. And I'm pretty creepy in, in it. Uh, yeah, he he does really well in his role. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah. So it's funny because when I brought this up, I'm like, well, that would be a good idea to compare the remake and the original. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> These are so vastly different from each other. Like, there's not even, like, I think they did this scene better in this one, or I think this idea was better in this one. It's just like, no, uh, we just take the name, <laughs> and that's it. Uh, you can compare the Nalgon <laughs> sequence. I think the Nalgon in the original one with Kelly Nichols is better. Oh, it's way better, yeah, because yeah. it's, like, kind of realistic. And it's yeah, like, it's realistic oh, and I think I think it's it's more disturbing, and you also, like, I don't know. It's just it's a lot more raw. You know, yeah. the thing about it is, uh, last night I rewatched Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. And the one thing I can say about the original Toolbox Murders that I think goes for, like, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer and Maniac and the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is I do think it has a feeling of one of those horror movies that you watch it's about a killer, and it almost feels like the killer's directing. It It has this kind of grimy feel that it feels yeah, like. Yeah, like, it does. Like you're like almost, feel, you have a better point of view from the inside. Yeah, it feels like it's part of like the killer's like home video collection or something like that, right? right. It feels like almost like a snuff film where it feels kind of grimy and like nasty. Where like Toby, and that's so weird about the remake is because Toby Hooper with Texas Chainsaw Massacre or like Fun House or anything like that, he used to be a master of building environments that Phil lived in. Oh, yeah, right? absolutely. Like I can't watch a Texas Chainsaw Massacre and I feel like I need to take a shower immediately afterwards or feel like you can smell inside that house, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Same with dirty. Fun House. You're just like, yeah. it smells like a fucking dirty fair and I'm in the back room and it is just vomit and shit everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the carnival the carnival Phil's lived in. And that's the thing where it's like, oh, you would expect that from his his toolbox murders. And this, it is such, it's, it's an apartment complex that's gross and it feels like you should like be able to smell the mold you know like it, yeah it's in disrepair and it's awful but like it reminds it feels, me of a hotel me and Paige stayed in in los los angeles <laughs> yeah oh yeah i remember you tell me about that one the one with the blood yeah. mattress um, yeah the one with the blood on the mattress yeah it's uh but instead it just feels like a film set it doesn't feel lived in at all it feels very plastic and feels very you know artificial which is funny so uh, the original one kind of out toby hooper toby yeah, hooper out, you know? out toby hooper is the the toby hooper version yeah which is really weird but yeah exactly so uh, uh, i'm gonna give the check it out to the original one <laughs> Yeah, I definitely say so. And I again, if you watch the original one and you're like, I didn't think it was that good, go watch the remake and then watch the original again, and you'll be like, oh yeah, it's good. <laughs> the, the original one, also, if you want to watch it, it's on Shutter right now. It's also on Tubi and Amazon Prime. It's pretty yeah, easy. Yeah, it's on like watch. everything. Yeah, um, I think it's on YouTube too. <laughs> yeah, probably, I wouldn't be surprised. Blue Underground, Blue Underground put out a Blu-ray of it. I have that. I have that release of it. Um, but yeah. Toolbox murders. Check one of them out. <laughs> there you go. Um, we ready for our next segment? Yep. All right. That means it's time for another curation of Blaze's Cabin of Video Game Curiosities. 
All right. So, what video game do we have? What What do you want to talk about today? So, it's a game called Beneficium. Uh, it is by developed by Quarter Moon Games and published by uh, CNM, as in Mary. Um, it's, how, how it's, do you how do you spell the I was gonna ask you, how do you spell the game's name? Oh, V E N E F I C I U M. Okay, all right, that's a very interesting name. And from what I've read behind this, it's it was kind of like uh, this team was developing this, and it's free to play online. Um, uh, it is only on PC though. Uh, but I, I believe it was a way a way they were testing out certain engines they were trying to learn, and they created this game for free to be like, well, let's see if we'll go with this. And then they were like, you know what, people like that, let's make a story to it. And that, that at least that's what I've read on the blogs. But um, which made me kind of interested in it because they were like, oh yeah, you're looking for a survival horror game. Well, this one was developed for this reason and. So correct me if I'm wrong if you worked on that game and for some reason listened. <laughs> Come on the show. Yeah. Um, so you play as a girl named Abigail, and uh, she is a witch. And it is a first-person, like, really good graphic, like, horror game. Like, it's not like the VHS, like, kind of, like, getting away with bad graphics because you can... Um, but it's a really good-looking game, and you are in the forest, and you were uh, commencing some sort of ritual with your grandmother, who is also a witch. And while you're going through, you can collect items off decaying bodies, or you can collect like different plants, and they give you certain spells. And when you're playing it for a while, you're like, well, what are these spells for? And then you find out really fucking quick that something went wrong in that ritual, and now are the, there's these crazy, like, demonic things hiding in the woods. And you end up getting a couple more spells, but mostly it's to stay silent or to turn your, you know, uh, cover your light so other people can't see it. And... Um, so you're trying to search these, like, it's a really big area of woods, and you're trying to find where your grandmother's being held by what you assume are the demonic forces, and they just speed at you, like, backwards, spider-crawling style. Like, it, it's definitely uh, reminiscent of, like, Siren Head or something like that, if you've heard of that, where it's like you hear the wail and your heartbeat starts going, and the faster your heartbeat gets, the closer you know it is. Okay, all right. So it's, it's uh, I would say, probably about two hours of playtime. Um, but it, it looks great. I know this is, they were really, like, big into, like, uh, fixing this this demo up and then creating a full free game out of it. And uh, so, yeah, just wanted to set a little light on that because it is free and you can uh, get that and have two hours worth of shit to do. <laughs> but you say that this is just kind of a demo for, for a bigger game? So, no, this is th oh. this was a demo for, uh, for 
like how they were learning how to de- to develop and they right. were putting stuff together and then eventually people liked the demo so much they're like well let's render it out and put an actual story to it so yeah yeah that's awesome i like that they put up for free also we're just like happy little accidents right yeah exactly and that's kind of what uh from what i was reading through the reddit posts and everything like that they're like yeah this is it you know it's kind of like a passion project that they ended up doing uh because they're like well now we're working on some bigger stuff but you know in the background we can release this for free while people are waiting on our bigger games nice yeah that's awesome yeah so it's pretty scary. Uh, at first, I was kind of like, oh, you know, it's the witchy stuff. It's probably just going to be like, oh, something comes at me and I can blast the shit out of them or something like that. And it is not. No, uh, you get fucked and you get fucked quick. So, did, did you did you have to call Paige? Yes. Okay. <laughs> she was home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> did she have to come down there and then sit with you while you played it? Well, she was watching TV on her headphones, so I was just... Uh. I took advantage of the situation. <laughs> I was so like, oh, she's on there and let me. <laughs> so on a level of scary of uh, one page to ten pages, how many would you give it? I'll give it five pages. Okay, that's pretty scary. That's a pretty scary yeah. game. And yeah. I am I believe by next episode, I believe I talked about the demo before for the game I want to talk about next week. And okay. that is the Mortuary Assistant. Oh yeah. So it, the full oh. version has been released a little bit ago, and I am going to buy that shit because that was one of the scariest demos I've ever played. So. Okay, cool. We still need to do oh, yeah. Evil Dead sometime. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> one of these days when it's uh, free. <laughs> they, did a, they did an Army of Darkness expansion on it. Oh no shit! I keep. Yeah. I honestly keep thinking. They might put it on Game Pass for free, and that's kind of why I've been holding out. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the game came out; it was only forty bucks when it first came out, so. Right. Exactly. But yeah, Verificium, check it out. All right. Uh, do we have a tell today? We don't have a folk tell. No, today. not today, because I couldn't find anything that's slightly related to either of these that was any anywhere remotely good. <laughs> okay. I tried, <laughs> but. That's fair. Um. All right. Well. Oh uh, yes, it. I do. Uh, John Land- John Landis. <laughs> he's a bad person, and he's scary, and he's real. <laughs> would you Would you challenge? And and his and his son's a prick. Uh, would you uh Would you challenge John Landis to the octagon? I would eat him and Hans Zimmer, and. Like, in one bite. <laughs> what about Dave Grohl? I don't know. Dave Grohl's still pretty young. He might beat me. <laughs> He's taller than me, too. <laughs> but those two fuckers are old. I can take it. So you heard it here first. We challenged John Landis. Hans, you haven't... You have a reply to any of the uh, challenges we've sent you, but your old ass again to Octagon. It's getting in there one way or another, even if we have to get John Landis to fly you in a helicopter over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, John. You're flying the fucking helicopter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hope nobody shoots fireworks at you while they're fucking driving. John Landis, more like John Landus, am I right? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> um,. Yeah, so uh, that is this week's 
episode. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Next week, we're going to... I don't know what we're going to do yet. <laughs> we haven't I talked about it. I'm voting Moloch. Yeah, well, we can't, t- we can't, we can't go and talk about... A, a, we'll, we'll talk about... I'll watch Moloch and we'll talk about it in the uh, pre-show stuff, but okay. we can't talk about a new movie with full spoilers or anything like that. All right. Well, why don't you and me during this week, unless we get a suggestion, which Uh, so far the only messages I get are, hey, promote your podcast. Hey, promote your podcast. Excuse me, I'm a professional podcast promoter. I'm like, you're a fucking liar. (laughs) It's not a thing. Yeah. Um, But if, if that's not the case, then what do you want to do? Uh, you and me can each pick a movie and we'll do a poll. Oh yeah, we'll do, we'll do the poll like we did before. That's yeah, true. Yeah, we'll bring the poll back. We've gone uh, two episodes without, three episodes without it now. No, two, two episodes. Yeah. Yeah, we, we've had a couple. Um, Last week yeah, and this so, week have been the not poll ones. Yeah, so we'll put a poll up tomorrow. We'll talk about it once we, uh, once we get off the air. Yeah. Um, we'll figure something out. I'll put the poll up tomorrow. Um, uh, other than that, uh, if you guys want to reach us in the me- meantime, if you do have a request or a recommendation or a comment or a concern, or if you own a toolbox or if you've done a murder, um, you can if reach you us. Podcasts. <laughs> yeah, if you promote podcasts, you can message us. I think that's our whole audience. Our whole audience. Uh, just- that Talk way I won't somebody. feel bad when I get them. I'm like, well, they were just listening. <laughs> like they were, that's obvious <laughs> why they sent me this message. <laughs> um, you can reach us um, at Blade and Apples Podcast or Blade Apples Pod at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Instagram and Blade Apples Podcast. Uh, we check the Instagram the most, and that's where we sometimes do stuff. <laughs> Another time to just let weeks go by and not do anything. I've been trying to get back in the swing of things of posting some cool pictures and stuff. So I did. Well, we've both been busy. Like there's shit yeah. going on. Yeah, for sure. Life life happens. Um thanks to Stefan Mize for doing our art. You can follow him at Stefan Mize on Instagram or at Crawling Panther Tattoo Parlor. Awesome guy. Loves horror. One of the best uh tattoo artists. I don't even think just North Florida, I just think of Florida in general. The guy's awesome. Um Thanks to Blaze for doing uh, all the editing and putting all this together and uh, being a great co-host. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Anything yeah. to add? See you later, fuckers. <laughs> that's right, fuckers. Remember, every day is Halloween, so please act accordingly. Bye. Bye.